0: a playlist original hello and welcome back to another episode of back to the blockbuster everybody episode 147 a conversation that we've been saving for a while been very looking forward to talking about physical media today it's your hosts gaius and jackson joined by very special guests we've got ken from mid-level media ken i'll open the floor to you to give yourself a little plug and what you're here to talk uh with us about today
1: yeah uh like I said before we started, thank you all for having me on, and I'm Ken with Mid Level Media. And basically, what I do on my channel is I talk about movies and Blu-rays and 4Ks until my face falls off. Uh, <laughs> I try to <laughs> I try to share my passion for movies through the lens of collecting and physical media. So if you subscribe to my channel, it's a lot of collecting based content. I always try to actually talk about the films themselves that I'm getting in as well. Um, but it is mostly collector centric, um, on my channel. I do a lot of like new upcoming announcements. Um, I do reviews of 4k disks blu Blu-rays and all that kind of stuff, haul videos. And it's all physical media all the time. I try to put a video out every day. So, um, try to stay prolific on my channel and keep it active. So, um, but yeah, basically what I do. That's great. And I can see for maybe people
0: that are listening only and can't see, but you got quite the impressive collection there behind you. I'm just curious. Yeah.
1: What's your most prized possession? Oh my goodness. I, off the top of my head, honestly, like my most prized possession isn't even a Blu-ray or 4k. It's a, it's that DVD set of a nightmare on Elm street. Nice. And oh, I, I have that one.
2: I have that one too. Actually,
1: somewhere I bought it back in 2004, <laughs> 2003 at a Suncoast video and I've hanged on to it. I, I, purged like my entire dvd collection like back in 2015 but i hung on to the nightmare on elm street one uh but that that's a big thing in the collector community right now we're all pushing to get that nightmare on elm street 4k or even Mm -hmm. blu-ray box set at this point um but besides that i'll say the rocky steelbook set i love that set as well and i love all those not the rocky but rambo sorry oh right okay right on yeah Rambo. i wish rocky had a steelbook set like that but it doesn't I'm a
0: huge fan of First Blood. Like, the OG is like one of my favorite 80s
1: uh, movies. So. I think Pound for Pound, that's like the best movie of the 80s. I feel like. I, yeah, I don't argue that at
0: all. It's yes, up there yeah. for me, too. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: love yeah, that. I, I,
2: yeah, we did, we did, uh, before Jackson was a permanent co host in the show, we did a physical media episode with uh, Jeff from Films at Home, and the conversation was a little different than because it was and you know i also want to know how, like how you got uh started with your channel and uh collecting and all that stuff but a lot of a lot of the episode was focused on how he got his start and you know how he got into the youtube space and all that and we had a good conversation about physical media but a lot of has changed since we did that episode uh, yeah. at the end of 2022 um and yeah, mean lots, we...
1: lot's changed in the past year <laughs> yeah for, for sure
2: and I think that's why we really wanted to do another episode like this, because um, mm-hmm. Jackson and I are big. Uh, we love physical media. I mean, your you your can't... space, it looks crazy uh, compared to mine. And I thought mine was I should see the other was... side of the camera <laughs> oh, I've got crap that's everywhere, all over
1: the floor. I just bought a new shelf. I got it in the mail today. Yeah, so I got I, some I reorganizing to, to do. Anyway.
2: I gotta get a new one for sure, because I have all these, like, I have other 4Ks and Blu-rays actually stacked up against the wall, because I get a lot of them through work, and, like, it's it's not a bad problem to have, but it's, no I'm running out of space. It always seems to happen,
1: (laughs) like, at the end of the year, because fall's so crazy, there's so many great releases, and I have crap just all over the room by the time we go into the new year, and I'm like, all right, it's the new year, I need to reorganize everything, so...
0: Yeah, I'm not working with the greatest space for my collection, so I don't really feature it in our background here. It's been something I've been meaning to to uh, work on, and I think I'll probably yeah. be inspired to because of this episode. All mine are currently in my closet in a little space below, like my hangers. Um, but I, <laughs> I, it's not featured. But I also am an avid collector as well. I haven't yeah. counted. I don't even know if it's even meaningful at this point, considering the size of your guys' collections. If you guys know a number, but mine is still low enough you could probably quantify. I'd put it at like 650 right now. Yeah. But, I, I'm uh, so yeah.
1: disorganized. Over Same here. Year. Like I, it's high. It, it looks organized. Things. And that's because every year I try to reorganize it. And okay. they, but like, I like the process of reorganizing stuff, but it's very hard for me to actually set aside the time to do time it. Time-consuming, exactly. Um, time because consuming. it is very oh, time-consuming. But just um,
0: curious while we're talking about it, how is there any rhyme or reason to how you have your collection organized behind you there? Uh,
1: I got, I mean, right there is like all 4Ks. I try to keep my 4Ks together. Okay. Um, Blu-rays are like over there, and they're in alphabetical order. The 4Ks are in alphabetical order. And then it's, I've got boutiques, like Criterions and Screen Factories. And behind me you'll see like an entire shelf of arrow video vinegar syndrome i i try to separate by labels okay. and nice um, i used to do genres back when i was first like getting into collecting but that can get very messy very oh quick yeah because yep. so many movies have crossover genres and it's like what is this and <laughs> but, I, I, used but to, um, I used
2: to do that i used to do that in alphabetical order and that was hard i think that's uh, how we all start uh, right yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: now i try to do my director but that just falls apart after i have i get into movies where i only have like by one direct like one director's <laughs> movie and how does that make any sense
1: alphabetical but, yeah. just sucks too <laughs> <laughs> like you, you get a brand new stack of movies you know every month and it's like now i got to move over the entire shelf to be Thanks. able to slot those and i'm just, yeah i try to give myself a room every time i do it throughout the year but Yeah, I I give up on alphabetical. Like when I reorganize it, I'll do the alphabetical. But throughout the year, like I'm not moving stuff all year long.
2: I just try to make it make sense. Like, I don't want you to find like Hellraiser in the middle of yeah. like the little mermaid or something <laughs> Like where they like, don't go to, or they like don't go together. Uh, right. so that's yeah. all I try to do. That, that's why I think John Rick, well, that's the problem
1: when you, kind of you run it of, and do alphabetical. Yeah. Cause I've got kind of yeah, loose alphabetical. I'm not doing like the second letters and okay. really, I'm just all Caesar together. So I may have like the child's play movies next to Casablanca or something like that. Okay, you know, it I just, it. <laughs> it just doesn't make any, to me, it doesn't make sense in my head to see that together on the shelf.
0: Yeah. One thing I've been experimenting with and I'm thinking about maybe doing it, I'll I might change my mind when I get around to trying it, but I was thinking about doing like chronological release per studio, starting from like do all my Warner brothers in terms of like when they were released and then my, yeah. their And
1: I'm but, actually like, I would love to do, uh, you know, by release date. Like I, I, I always, when I'm thinking of movies, I always think of them by when they came out, the dates they came out. Exactly. Um, that's where my mind always goes. I would love to have like a, a 40 section, a 30 section, 50s, 60s, you know. That would um, be pretty neat. But I yeah, couldn't stand like not having all my boutiques together. Like I like <laughs> the way my arrows look together. So if I started mixing arrows and then steel books and then 4Ks, <laughs> I, I don't know. It could it could get messy.
2: Like <laughs> Gaya
0: said,
1: it's a good problem to have, but it's definitely yeah. it can be
2: strenuous for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah but I mean like I I'm
2: just yeah. Just sitting on the floor, man. You gotta get another thing. I was like, I know, I know.
1: Like my my collection, current last time I like really counted, I think it was it was a little bit over three thousand. I'm probably I would say thirty five hundred if I had to guess. But I I know people that have much larger collections. They have it all tracked in like an app, and they know exactly what they have. And one thing I'll say is I've grown this collection in a pretty relatively short amount of time. Like I really just got back into collecting Blu rays like back in 2016. Um, and this is something that people warned me about back in like 2018, 2019. I was like, ah, I'll be okay. I know where to find stuff. I know where this movie is. I know what I have. I don't need to track it.
0: Oh boy. Like as
1: it's gotten bigger, <laughs> I have found myself accidentally rebuying movies that I've I already even that. had 100%. in my collection. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. it is becoming yeah. a problem.
0: Um, I just want <laughs> to interject funny. before I forget. What do you happen to know? Or do you have any recommendations for like movie logging apps in terms of like for physical media. Cause I would love to get on that while I can, while it's feasible.
1: I forget people send them to me all the time. Like my subscribers are always, they try to be very helpful. Like there's this app, there's this app. I know blu-ray.com has an app for logging movies. No, um, and I try to like sit down and do it, but like it, it just takes forever. <laughs> I, I just, still I might have a chance. <laughs> right. Yeah. If, if any come up
0: after the show, feel free to send them our way. I might experiment. But if anyone's listening wants to DM us too, I would there, love to.
1: There's really intricate ones, uh, but you'll have to pay. Like it's like a $5 okay, okay. a month kind of fee. Okay, well. And I, I'd rather not pay. But uh, some that. of them sound pretty, pretty good the way the functions and different things, features they can do. But
2: that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I think I first came across you via G Reels, via the Instagram stuff on your, like, Instagram page first. And honestly, uh, your posts were new releases every week still. Like, that. those are, like, my highlights of, like, oh, like, what do I need to, what do I need to get? Yeah. What did I already get? <laughs> um and yeah, sometimes I, I'll, I was, forget, I'll, I'll forget sometimes like, Oh yeah, that came out today. Like, I'll just add it to my list. And I, and that is mostly from finding it. I have, you know, other pages I follow that are similar to yours, but you, yours pops up the most. And I'm like, Oh, they're all right here. Everything I need for like, that's coming out on Tuesday is like right here. And yeah. let me add these. I to used my to just Amazon do like card. the
1: highlights of the week, but now I try to do everything that comes out. Yeah. I try to put in those weekly posts, but yeah, I was trying to think about when I first found you on Instagram and i used to have another account it was called mid-level movie reviews and that's this this is before youtube and i just like reviewed new movies and stuff in the written form on there and also posted blu-rays and all that um but i think it was like maybe 2018 or something 2019 when i
2: found it somewhere around yeah yeah yeah. for
1: a while but then i started the new account so i rarely get on that old one anymore
2: yeah um speaking of the youtube thing how did how did you get started and what made you want to do it and did it feel kind of daunting to get into it or yeah yeah what was that all like
1: i mean that was kind of the the plan when i first when i first started instagram it was just before that like i was literally watching movies and just like writing reviews in like a notebook just like my thoughts on it and i was getting into like watching i didn't know people were talking about movies on youtube before like 2015 so when i started discovering places like collider and screen junkies and chris stuckman and all those people flick yeah. flick pick and yeah. i just kind of got sucked in all that and i started watching more movies and being anal- more analytical and critical of movies and writing down my thoughts and i was like what if i just like posted my thoughts on an instagram page or something and i thought i was being very original that nobody else was doing <laughs> that and then when i started to do that more it kind of opened up this whole new world of other people on there doing the exact same thing and I kind of fell into the the movie community, and then I fell into the collector pages. People posting these really nice like boutique edition Screen Factory titles, Arrow Video titles. I'm like, what the hell is this crap? I'm like, this is awesome. Like this artwork's incredible. And then I, I I started to find like Screen Factories at Walmart and and places like that. So that's kind of how I fell into the world of collecting and getting back into because I had always bought DVDs and Blu-rays at walmart target on the shelf but i wasn't like i wouldn't have considered myself a collector i was just buying the movies that i liked um but once i got into that world a little bit more i just i kind of stayed i i wanted to do youtube but i was very timid you know getting on camera and talking to people and doing this it's a whole different thing than just writing your yeah. thoughts down Amen. and posting them up yeah it's- it was a big <laughs> it was a big shift for me too
0: joining the podcast
1: and having yeah. your face out there and your voice it's definitely different than just doing it from the screen and then like no. editing and, and all that stuff is like, it was just so daunting. I didn't even know. I, I try to keep it easy on myself. Even even now, like I'm using the same phone that I started with. I do all my editing on my phone. I shoot all my videos on my phone. Wow. What I don't do on my phone, I do on my laptop, like live streams and things like that. Um, I've got a very basic way that I do everything, but it's, it's worked for me thus far. I probably That's need sad. to upgrade and, and change some stuff. <laughs> I, I honestly need a new phone. Um, but yeah, I, I just, uh, it was, it was, it was before the pandemic happened. I think I was starting to, I fell in love with the blu-ray hunting videos. That, that was the first thing like uh cool duder and, um, you know, I I think Stuckman and and flick uh, pick would do the hunts and stuff too, but people like Durant cinema, uh, wet movie one people going out in the stores every week. I thought that was super cool. And that was the stuff I that was the kind of content I wanted to make at first. So I was doing like little right. Blu-ray hunts and unboxing videos. And I did some movie reviews, you know, in the beginning of the channel as well. I was just kind of throwing everything at the wall and seeing what stuck. Um, yeah. But when the, when the pandemic happened and I couldn't watch any new movies, that's when I kind of just dove more headfirst in the physical media because there were still new releases coming out every week when there wasn't new movies. So I kind of abandoned the doing movie reviews thing and I just went all in on, you know, doing my, my weekly show, the physical media report that kind of helped the channel grow a lot in the first couple of years where I just kind of break down everything new that's coming out and cover new announcements and make it like an all in one kind of news reporting show. Um, And then, yeah, I just, I just started hitting it hard, man, every single day putting a video out and, That's what got me more comfortable on the camera.
2: Nice. How long does it take you to make your average uh, video uh, for your YouTube channel?
1: It it depends. My Monday videos, I usually spend like six or seven hours on that, just gathering all the notes and shooting it and editing it. But if it's like a review, I can probably film that, edit that in a couple hours, I'd say. Nice. Or just like a basic haul video. I can as long as I don't mess up too much you know, some days I'm stumbling a lot, <laughs> but uh, it if it's yeah, a clean yeah, sure. video, it, I could get it done. And depending on how long it is in like 30, 45 minutes.
2: Okay. Nice. Yeah. That's impressive, man. It's a lot of work and a lot to get I mean, like from what, like I remember when Jeff was on the show and he was telling me about what he does and yeah, doing this is, I mean, it's not like it's like, incredibly easy but compared to all the work that people put into doing their videos and all that stuff it's yeah so much more work and like a lot you know a lot of the like most of us they're doing this on top of their you know jobs as well or whatever you know whatever they're doing with their like normal kind of everyday lives they're fitting this in because they really love doing it but it does take a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot you have to really love what you're doing uh Yeah, I mean, my my thing with the
1: channel and with Instagram is I've always just tried to make it easy as possible on myself. You know, that's why I edit on my phone, because if I I got two kids, I got a wife, I got a full time job. So I need to be able to Mm. edit on the go. I can't be stuck behind a computer all day doing all kinds of fancy editing stuff. Um, I'm on the go. So I'm editing in the car when I'm picking my kids up from school. Like I anytime I can get stuff done um, for the channel, I'm doing it pretty any free moment I have. I'm spending it editing or, or working on a thumbnail or, or doing something. And it's pretty much all through my phone.
0: Right on. Yeah, it is quite the, the dedication. I can relate to what you say about the daunting feeling that comes with, uh, you know, being responsible for all of your own editing and posting and publishing and whatnot. Cause like yeah. we're trying to break out into YouTube this year. And uh, so that'll be something that we, we, we'll be learning with editing your own videos and stuff. And I got to admit like where I don't have any experience and all this stuff, gays handles stuff behind the scenes and I'm working on mm-hmm. catching up and we're going to be, you know, sharing the load a little bit more when it comes to our promotion and p- completely relate to that. But again, when it comes to something that you love doing it, uh, at least it shouldn't feel like work. It, it really should feel like it is work on top of work, but um, you do really yeah. got to love and be passionate about it to make it's- it work.
1: It's been incredibly, you know, rewarding. I, I did not think that I'd be where I'm at now on the channel. Um, I thought I might be lucky to get 500 people that would want to subscribe <laughs> well, to the channel. I'd say I you've surpassed that. I still don't understand why people subscribe, but they do. 22,000. Um, I just, I try to be genuine. Hats off I try you. To, to show passion. And I, I I love this stuff. Like all the stuff behind me. Like I, I genuinely love it. So. It's easy to to get on camera and just mm-hmm. i could talk for hours you know but i talk too much like my videos are way too long as it is um, <laughs> that's something
0: we're working with too something we have in common for sure is yeah we could, we could yabber forever
1: like there's definitely yeah. channels that you'll watch them and they're, they've got some real sharp like slick editing and they're doing clips and just all this fancy stuff my channel is not that it's <laughs> it's very basic i make sure my stuff's edited i don't you know keep in like the like if I mess up, I don't leave that in or nothing. I try to edit stuff around and keep it clean, right. but it's very basic, you know, mm. very basic.
2: Well, it's interesting. Mid level media—that's that,
1: the idea of, of mm, mid level yeah. media.
2: Keep it, keep it simple. <laughs> I was wondering where well, you came <laughs> with it. <in>. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that. You know, you you thought maybe five hundred people would be interested, and in, as it turns out, they're way more than that are interested in what you had to say. So clearly, yeah. there is an audience that enjoys what you're sharing and then also there's an audience that is interested in still collecting physical media and what you know knowing what they should get and what they should own um so is it strange for you to kind of see this kind of narrative that's out there that you know this is kind of like a dying uh medium when it seems like there are so many people that are so interested in it
1: yeah it's uh you know it's a I would never say physical media is dying. It's definitely dwindling in the mass interest. That makes me feel good that you don't think it's dying. (laughs) The people that are interested in this and that are subscribed to my channel, like they're a very passionate bunch. Like the people that are into this stuff are like really into it. That's why a lot of people say it's, it's kind of more of a collector's market. Now the people that are interested in this stuff, like you gotta be interested in like the arrow videos and the vinegar syndromes and the criterion and screen factories at this point, because the regular people that are just going to the stores and buying Blu-rays, they're few and far between. You know, and, and most of them are yeah. buying DVDs still. You know, <laughs> I I know Jeez. people that I work with that don't have never watched a Blu-ray. They they still that's watch crazy. DVDs. Or they they yeah, they go to the library and rent DVDs. They don't even have Netflix. So that, that's still a thing that I've run that's into. Crazy. But hmm. it's uh I don't think it's it's dying in the sense that we could it's going to go away like any time within the next five or 10 years. That's I can't speak to what's going to happen in 20, 30 years. I mean, who knows what's going <laughs> to yeah. happen by them, but I think we're good to have a good solid 10 more years of incredible physical media releases. Um, and after that, I think we'll still have something. There'll still be companies and labels still trying to license stuff and put out movies, but it It's definitely going to probably dwindle down in the next few years for sure, and
0: I suppose with that dwindling um do you agree we can probably expect to see these prices increase with these special releases and physical copies
1: and that that's the thing is if if it moves more towards the collector's market, more towards the boutique labels, you're gonna get more of a premium product with a premium mm-hmm. product comes a premium cost right. so. Yeah. I expect yeah. that. I mean, some of these labels, like uh, you, you take Kino Lorber, for example, like they, their costs are, v- they're very, um, very fairly cost for, for what they are. They put out new 4k releases and, you know, you can get them for 25 bucks. And when they do their sales they are like 18 bucks. Um, but you, you buy something from, you know, an arrow video, like the psycho for film loud. collection, like this is going to cost you. <laughs> Actually, this Really isn't bad for what you get. This was like sixty five dollars,
2: I think. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah, not bad for what you get.
1: But yeah, some of these labels like Vinegar Syndrome, Severin, like you're, you got to sell a kidney to to buy from those guys. (laughs) 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 But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I can't speak to what's going to happen with the with the studios. You know, in the next five ten years, I will they still be putting out stuff. Um. Because right now, like Warner Brothers and Paramounts, and they're all putting out these 4Ks. And then two or three months later, they're marked down to like $10 or $12. So wow. it, it doesn't feel like they're selling that well if they're marking them down that quickly. But they're that still doing too. basic releases. And it's like people are going to grow out of just wanting regular releases in a plain slipcover with no special features. In some cases, half-assed 4K transfer restoration, (laughs) like the boutique labels, just do a better job. In most cases, they just do because they care more about the actual film, Um, which is funny. You'd think the actual studio would care about their history and legacy more than the boutique labels, but the boutique labels are fans. Like They're film fans. They're film nuts, and they know these movies frontwards and backwards. And The people that Disney and Warner Brothers are hiring these days they don't they don't know anything (laughs) ain't that the truth they don't know nothing about the history (laughs) of the the studios they're working at um so yeah like i said i don't think it'll die altogether anytime soon but it's uh, you're definitely going to see the shift from the mass market to the the more niche boutique Mm -hmm. collectors market for sure i suppose that's to be expected most of this stuff's going to be online you know walmart's going to do a big push for a couple of years probably with physical media but i could see them getting rid of it all together in the next couple of years too just like best buy do
0: you do you think they're going to be pushing that to fill that that gap that best buy is leaving behind or is that just going to be a trend that we see from a lot of big box stores
1: i think initially you'll see them pick up the slack for best buy you're already seeing them they're they're flooding Steelbooks and they're doing all kinds of Steelbook announcements and stuff, Walmart exclusives and I think they see that the demand is still there right now but I'm telling you right now people are not going to want to some people just don't like the experience of buying from Walmart (laughs) they just don't (laughs) and they don't trust them, they don't trust they're going to deliver their Steelbooks in in good condition and I don't think they're going to have as good a business selling Steelbooks at Walmart as Best Buy did selling selling steel books so I think because of that that's gonna die off pretty quickly I I can see Walmart doing ramping up steel books this year next year I can see it dying down a little bit that's really but what were your? that's what, just what, what I think I, I could be completely wrong I'm a nobody I don't, no I, just, I feel like you <laughs> might be right though I
2: mean it seems like it's headed in that direction for yeah the most part what were your thoughts when you heard about Best Buy uh not.
1: I don't think that it means the death of physical media, but it also doesn't mean that it's that physical media is in a great spot without Best Buy. Yeah, they're in a way better spot with Best Buy than they were without it. Um, I mean, I did a video a few weeks ago, it was like five ways that Best Buy leaving physical media is going to impact physical media negatively. And I think there's a lot of reasons. Wow, not having Best Buy anymore is going to impact physical media negatively. Um, you know, one, like I said, people just they don't they don't want to shop at Walmart. <laughs> not for their <laughs> not for their premium steel books. They just trusted mm-hmm, Best man. Buy I was gonna deliver the product a little bit better, even though Best Buy had their issues as well. Um, but yeah, I just uh, you know, Best Buy. They housed a lot of these boutique labels and stuff like that. So it's definitely not good for them because they were getting public exposure that they weren't getting anywhere else. So like True. Aero Video was in Best Buy. Screen Factory was in Best Buy. Um, other boutique labels were sold through the Best Buy website. And, you know, Walmart and Target wasn't doing that. So i don't know i i I don't think it's a good thing i guess is what i'm saying that best buy is -hmm. is exiting and i think that's going to lead to a higher cost as well because of less competition you know
2: yeah yeah i mean i was it was interesting because like when they announced it i was like okay well they're not just going to do it in stores and then when they like described it further they're like oh no we're they don't even want to do it online anymore and i was like oh yeah. they they just want to completely get rid of it and i mean i, I guess you would kind of see it coming because like the the best buys the three of them that are near where i live those sections were gradually disappearing from their stores they was just you would have used to have like a big open like display as soon as you walked in oh, of all the newer re- of all the of all, of all the new yeah. releases and then that slowly yeah, was like it- it's gone. been a gradual
1: decrease for the past few years. I mean, when, when I started going there regularly, um, you know, in 2016, 2017, when I really started getting back into this stuff, it was a few aisles of movies that I got to walk down and. Yeah. just all kinds wow. of cool stuff you guys don't know
0: how good you got it over here <laughs> in my town i'm I'm from small town new brunswick canada ken and uh, my city services like we probably have somewhere between 80 90,000 people in our best buy for as long as i can remember it being there because it was a future shop for a long time when i was a kid and then it was best buy for the last maybe eight to ten years and it's never had anything close to multiple aisles of a physical media section so that's what i got to work with around here we have one store in our mall dedicated to to physical media and beyond that we have a little section at walmart a little section at best buy but to have aisles would be fantastic but yeah no it's it seems if you're using Fredericton, new brunswick as like the the litmus test it's it seems like it's in dire straits for the state of physical media that is i know that's a smaller comparison but i envy you guys and the selection that you guys have there for sure
1: yeah. I I definitely, yeah. I, I've hear I hear because I have a lot of Canadians subscribe to the channel and I'm always hearing the the horror stories from Canada, how they have to pay fifty <laughs> or sixty dollars to get yeah. a good steel book over there. And yeah. Yeah, that and definitely some some hardships up there for sure. I uh,
0: can't tell you the last time I just genuinely came across a steel book. Like we have a, another little small shop that has at least a good selection of criterion. So I'm grateful for that. But no steel books, nothing like uh um, yeah. Some of the other um, companies that you've mentioned, I've never even seen with my own eyes around here. So,
1: yeah, and that's—I was just sad when I heard about it because mm. even though they didn't have a good selection anymore, I still like going to the stores. I like the in-store shopping experience. You know, I don't. Yeah, uh, we're all being conditioned just to sit behind our computer all day and just do everything. You know order all the order, all the movies and all our needs. And we'll basically we'll be grocery shopping online here in the next 10 years. We won't even get up to go to the grocery store. Some people are are. are, sure.
2: Instacart. Instacart's huge over here. Yeah, Yeah. That's a great point. too. I
1: like being able to, you know, picking the the case up off the shelf, inspecting it. How's the slip cover? What's the condition? You know, do I got a scratch on the steel book? Uh, You're rolling the dice when you order from Amazon. You know, it could it could come in in great condition. I've I've had some good luck with Amazon, but it could also come in with the case completely smashed or the steel book bent in half. Like I've I've had that kind of stuff happen. I've
2: had to send some stuff back. Like, yeah, can you send this again, but like the right way? (laughs) (laughs) Luckily,
0: I haven't run into that knocking on wood over here. But I've not been ordering from Amazon very long yet. I'm still sort of uh, new to that, to ordering more like special editions. And stuff but i did treat myself to a few uh on boxing day and they came in in great condition so very yeah. happy there but it's yeah
1: overall they they haven't been too bad in the past couple of years um i've got most of my stuff in pretty good condition i don't usually i don't sweat it if i got a little down on my slip cover that stuff's gonna happen anyway mm. you know just wear and tear. but you're right it doesn't um, compare to just
0: picking it up with your own hands at the store i agree that's the best experience
1: yeah, it's just you know, and you, you, it's the I. What I love about collecting the most is just the discovery. Like I'm, I don't always buy, buy, I buy. I do a lot of blind buying. You know, I have. Yeah, to I, I haven't it. seen all these movies back here before I bought them. Like I, I like discovering new movies, and some people think that's weird that I spend a lot of money on stuff I've never seen. <laughs> but that's what I love about it. That's what fuels the passion to to keep going for me. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's just nothing better than walking in and browsing, and oh, this looks pretty cool, and then, you know picking it up and buying it and checking out prices and i don't know i just, I just love the in-store shopping experience and it sucks yeah. that it's kind of fading away from existence it feels like
0: it yeah absolutely does suck i think that is definitely the case what's happening hopefully we hold on to that a little bit longer than we think i i, I like yeah. your op- optimism but i definitely agree that things i mean are if i gotta kind of if i gotta down. rely
1: on walmart's i'll be honest it's like uh I'm not going to get much because they, they don't even reach There was something that came out about them restocking every two weeks now. And I'm like, that would be great if they did it every two weeks. They're not doing it, mm-hmm. but every month at my Walmart and it's all DVDs, they don't even put Blu-rays out anymore. Um, everybody else has got steelbook sections and everything else I'm seeing pop up. None of mine that I've been to. Have, I've seen that yet. Um.
0: I kind of got a two-parter for you here. And it might seem obvious the impact that streaming companies have had on the collection of physical media. Is there a future, do you think where streaming companies may capitalize on the vanishing of that market and try and pick up the slack there, release physical copies of their originals? Like I know I have a couple of Netflix, uh, criterions of uh marriage yeah. story and the Irishman. Do you think, can you see that being a reality where streaming companies put out physical copies of their own originals?
1: I mean, personally, I think it's stupid that they don't. Um, I agree. It just, it just feels yeah. like money that they could be getting. You know, Netflix, could you imagine them having their own like website, like a boutique label website where they sold their originals from their website? That would be like phenomenal. special, yeah. super special editions of like Stranger Things. I need Mine Hunter yeah. on Blu ray, man. Mine Hunter, like yeah. everything. They could put, and I understand that you want a. A window that it's streaming only, you know, give it if it's a two year window, fine, you know, keep it on Netflix exclusively for two years. You need your subscribers. I get it. But after two years, it's like nobody's subscribing to watch a show that's two years old. They're subscribing for the next new thing. So do a year, two years. And after that, put this stuff out. Like, why do we not have Stranger Things season three and four? Like they put out one and two target exclusives, like in those cool, like VHS packages. I don't know if you all remember those. Yep. Um those are really awesome. Like they could have a whole website just full of stuff. Netflix has so much like so many different shows and movies that they've done. It seems like um, a missed opportunity, you're right. It does, but they, they get so you know just hung up on they need everything exclusively on streaming. You know, we we it's almost like I mean they started as a physical company. I they, mean they were yeah. <laughs> They were right. they were renting out physical discs. And their last
0: um, one was shipped as early as recently as the end of last year. Was that, is that right? I sometime, think that it was this... sometimes
2: last year. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they finally were going to get rid of it. I remember, yeah. I remember back in the day getting like three movies at a time in the mail from them. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I mean, of course that kind of, I guess, killed the video store in its own, mm. <laughs> in its own way. And
1: I know <laughs> that like 99% of filmmakers want their stuff preserved physically. <laughs> you know that's right so all these filmmakers would love that too and that would make more people want to work with netflix probably like if they had the promise of their stuff i mean i understand not everything's gonna be put out physically not everything warrants a physical release on netflix but (laughs) i mean it'd be nice i mean i I wouldn't mind everything even if it's just a regular little blu-ray with no slip cover fine um at least the, the options there but they could do all yeah. kinds of stuff that could cater to all different types of groups and peoples and markets like that. What was that trilogy they did on there? The to all the boys I loved before something no, like that. Like wasn't that a trilogy? Yeah. They could do like a nice, like pretty box set that like like catered to the f- teenage female audience or whatever. Like totally. they might they might want it. You know, the girls collect too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Midnight Mass. I would love to have like. A, incredible yeah. like box set of that Mike Flanagan show Um, I'm glad you bring him up because I
0: got another question too like his original from Netflix from 2013 Hush no longer as far as we're recording anyway now I don't think it's come back but completely gone from yeah. Netflix and as far as I know hey, it was Netflix original that was your only chance to see it so how do you think that gets rectified? Are you and that's worried that's the about-
1: reason why I I support the hell out of anybody that starts mm-hmm. up a bootleg company <laughs> that, <that's laughs> physical releases of this stuff like Sloppy Seconds, Stinky Tuna, all that stuff. They're doing all this. They're they're putting yeah. all this stuff out physically on a disc. They're doing it legally, but they're still doing it. Um, but if they're not, if Netflix isn't going to do it, if the studios aren't going to do it, do it like they've got 4Ks of Barbarian, Blu-rays of that bootleg. That never got a release for whatever reason yeah, from Disney. They just that's decided crazy. not to do it. it was oh, like, I, that was like the shame. one movie they were just like, nah, that we're good. We're not going to do a Blu-ray. That Boogeyman, though, hell yeah, that gets a Blu-ray. <laughs> that's but not
2: what's, Barbarian. That's what's, one of the best that's, horror that's movies what's crazy to me is that Barbarian was like a surprise hit for them. It made money. Like, it's a, it yeah. wasn't like a guaranteed thing in theaters, and it did. It made money. And uh, that I that just, is one of those releases I get that pops up a lot on social media where they're like, why did we never get a and Physical I can't get started on
1: Disney because I will never shut up. They're, they're worst <laughs> company ever in the history.
2: I I
0: would encourage you to off on them because I'm the same yeah. guy in a lot of ways.
1: It's like wow. everybody was freaking out when they did Mandalorian and Loki and WandaVision. And that was cool. You know, it was something that I wanted them to do for the longest time. You know, streaming shows that they put out physically. That was awesome. But I I told everybody, I was like, this is, this is it. Like you ain't going to get jack shit after these. Like they don't don't care about their kettle They don't care about Fox. They don't care about Hollywood pictures, touchstone. Like they own so much and they do nothing with it. Nothing with it. They could be doing some incredible stuff that everybody that would get everybody excited about physical media again. Why do you
0: think that is that they don't take advantage of that?
1: That why I think it is, I think that the leadership in a lot of these studios now is just they don't want anybody to own anything. They just they don't want them to own their movies anymore, you know, because it's not a mass thing. It's not a massive moneymaker like it used to be in the 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Mm. They just say to hell with it. We want streaming subscribers control. That's why that's what we want. We want people to subscribe. And that's how we're going to make our money. Because if we put it out physically, all we're doing is taking away money from the streaming services. That's what they think. Um, and I think that Disney's leading that. But I think that you're going to see other studios follow in the footsteps. Especially if you start getting studios combining, like Paramount and Warner Brothers is rumored uh, to like combine.
2: That's right. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, They all
1: start coming together. There's only like two or three studios left, and they all got their own massive streaming services. And they're just not going to... Yeah, they're not going to put anything out. They're not going to let the labels because the boutique labels are getting a lot of stuff from Paramount, a lot of stuff from um, MGM and and Warner Brothers and Universal, and you know what happens when they all start coming together and they decide to not do that anymore. What do the little people like us do? What can we do? Can't do anything. You, you got to subscribe to their freaking streaming services to get to maybe watch the movie you want because maybe they'll have the movie you want today. They won't have it tomorrow. Mm. That's a legitimate fear I have for the future is exactly what you're describing. And the people that work at these studios, if they don't know about the history because they're hiring 20 year olds that just, they're not educated in film history. So they Mm -hmm. don't know what, they don't even know what the studio owns or what they have. Then all these movies just get lost, you know, in time. So that, that, that's my (laughs) fear. I think about that stuff every day. Um. And that's why we're also desperately trying to hold on to this Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single day, Um, you know, pushing physical media, pushing. You know, I I try to talk about this stuff and and enlighten people on this stuff every day because I want you to go out and try to buy everything that you want right now. Maybe you won't be able to in in 10 years. And if they control all their movies on a streaming service, they're going to get to control what you watch and how you watch it. Boy, and, I um, got to go buy more movies <laughs> after yeah, this conversation. Well, man. At the same time, like, I don't want to scare people into like breaking things, the you know, <laughs> becoming broke and not being able to pay for stuff they well, need. But buy the stuff you love, at least. If you love a movie, then try to own that and buy that sooner rather than later. I'll just that's good say. advice.
2: Yeah, it is really good. I mean, I think that what you kind of learn too with a lot of these streaming service and stuff that house some of these movies is that if if there's a rights issue or they decide like oh we don't want to we don't we're not going to house it anymore and you happen to buy it on like a prime video or something like that and they decide that they're not going to have it on their platform anymore like you don't a longer own it so there's a big thing with yeah. ownership too when it comes to physical media that's also really important i think some people when they get these these movies on services like this they don't really look at the fine print of like oh well i mean i bought it on here so I'm gonna have it forever, and that no. cannot be the case if there's some kind of like rights yeah. issue or like they no longer can put it there. Like Netflix has it now, so now no longer they can have it. So like there's a lot of reasons why it's important for people to still maintain physical media and yeah. have these things that they don't see and actually physically own it for as long as they're willing to keep it. Um, yeah. I think that's unless why we so rebel
1: hard. against this idea of digital ownership, then it's just going to continue to go until it just gets everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So, But here's another thing that I think about all the time. I think about, you know, we care about this stuff because we grew up with it. You know, the newer generations that are coming up, are they going to care about this stuff as much as we do? You know, so we're talking 40, 50 years down the line. I got two kids, you know, my kids don't care about rewatching stuff. So, if nobody cares about rewatching things, if they just go see the latest Marvel movie or the latest movie in the theaters, they're like, that was great. Let's move on to the next thing. You know, that's the mindset now. But when we were kids, we were literally sitting there watching the same movie over and over again on VHS tape. You don't really have that anymore. I think there's no such
0: thing as reruns anymore. Yeah. With the death of cable television, like that concept in a few years will seem alien to kids growing up right now. It might even, yeah, to like to your kids, for instance, or other people, yeah. you know, young people right now. And that's going to be something that, I can imagine speaking on in the future and getting blank stares back at the concept of watching something on cable TV that came out 30 years ago and being excited for yeah. it. Um, there's there's just so alarming. much now,
1: you know, and YouTube as well. Like all the kids are watching YouTube. You TikTok know? So Being a big one too. If they are watching movies and television, they don't have time to rewatch it because there's just so much other stuff to get to. So I, I think that when we have a, a, a generation of people that do not care about rewatching stuff, then they're not going to care about owning those things so yeah but what are you going to do that's 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 the times you know we're, we're the the old people trying to hang on to the <laughs> past and that's happened since the earth began so i suppose you're right but i don't are, feel any better or who about are we though. to say that we're right you know maybe the younger generation has it figured out well don't you waste what- your time rewatching stuff. <laughs> <laughs> there's new stuff on the. Horizon. I
0: suppose you know what the, there's something to be said about the resurgence of like say vinyls and records mm-hmm. coming back. Yeah. I know I know we didn't see that with like cassettes. Like we don't really see it with like VHSs. But I'm hoping that there well, is. Well, vinyls where... like
1: actually like good quality. Right. Like it's it's I'm sitting in the maybe the right best now. quality you can listen to music on is vinyl. So that's why that doesn't go out of style. Whereas a VHS tape is mm. objectively just way worse than a Blu-ray or <laughs> k yeah. disc. I still value the few VHS
0: that I have. I have a VHS player. Yeah. My parents. Oh, I still, still kept I'm all the ones I got. A, yeah. as a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. I keep, yeah. I keep them. Yeah, they're not going anywhere.
2: Oh, I yeah. wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. like it you know, wasn't you know my now. choice. It wasn't my choice. I, I'll still if, if I
1: find some at Goodwill, yep. like I'll buy them. If I find some cool ones, I see like, like for a dollar. Like I'm not trying to spend like because VHS has kind of got out of control the past couple of years. Like it's With, if you go yeah, into a thrifting store, oh yeah, they've gone up to like ten, twelve dollars. <sighs> they used to be a dollar like across the board. Like they wouldn't sell them for any more than that. But huh? it's got that market's kind of gone upwards. So
0: I guess I can't blame retailers for taking advantage of a of a market that doesn't have exactly a lot of competition.
1: Yeah, <sighs>
2: that's true. <Yeah. weird. sighs> um so what how do you feel uh with the situation like w- what happened with like oppenheimer when it came out on 4k where it 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 sold out but was that more of a a condition of it sold out because a lot of people were interested in buying it or was it because they they the, the demand the supply was so low that they were you know when people went to go get it you know it was that made it easy for it to sell out like what was that kind yeah. of a sign of
1: I mean, I think it was a couple of reasons. You know, one, it was an extremely popular movie that did well. Wasn't that like Christopher Nolan's most the, the, the best movie at the box office or something that he did?
2: Yeah, I mean, like a lot who of money, saw yeah. that
1: coming? So it, it there was definitely a lot of interest there to uh, to have that movie. Also, I, I feel like the people that are fans of Nolan are like diehard fans of Nolan and they want to own his movies like mm-hmm, like yeah. no other filmmaker. I feel like maybe Tarantino, you know, people want to own his yeah. stuff. And also, it helps that you have the actual filmmaker come out and say, "Hey, buy this physically." Like if you're a yeah. fan of movies, if you're a fan of my stuff, like go out and support this and, and buy it. So, I think that helped as well. As well. And yeah, it was a beautiful I mean, 4K too. Like, it was one of the best of the year. I haven't watched it yet. I have I one of
0: the ones that I was talking about that I ordered on Boxing Day, and it's still in the wrapping. I just and
1: an 80-minute documentary on the movies included in that yeah. like they don't ever include special features like that anymore in new releases you may get like five or ten minute making of feature app that's it so there, there was a like, lot of draws to buy that physically like, i think
2: like remember audio commentaries like no not anymore <laughs> not so much anymore <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah that's like all those so things sad. i used to love about you know like love about having movies like that because you you know you're learning about the whole process of something that you enjoy watching and now a lot of the stuff that comes out is just bare bones basic unless you know like you said some of these like movie fans that are like are working for these companies that want to put all this kind of work into uh certain releases because they know people will be interested in getting them especially if they're fans of the work as well Mm -hmm. but yeah i wish all the releases were like that but that's not the case i guess
0: i wonder and this I, i guess this is something for both of you to see if you've heard of anything like this i'm just curious if maybe like up and coming filmmakers that are inspired by the Tarantinos and Nolans that are working today might like campaign for like these uh, conditions and contracts with movies that they make in the future to have physical releases uh, as part of the marketing or promotion. Like I, I, if that yeah, could be something- I think
1: that, yeah, I think that's something they should definitely try to do. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand why any filmmaker wouldn't want their movies preserved physically. You know, to me, like a movie that's a streaming exclusive, you know, because of everything that's happened the past couple of years, stuff just getting erased and wiped and pulled mm-hmm. off. Um, like, wh- why would you want your stuff to potentially be lost in, in history? Your hard work just lost. Like, maybe you own a copy of it, but right. you, want, you made it be for everybody to enjoy, mm-hmm. to be a Probably part of legacy. film history. And if they erase it from streaming and there's no other way to get it, then it's essentially erased from history. And your work is gone, you know. So when you say it like that,
0: I guess I'm surprised that there's not more of an uproar over these things from filmmakers themselves. I know
1: I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. I don't get it at all. Yeah, like I don't I even fr- consider. I don't even consider a movie on streaming or a television show real unless it gets <laughs> unless it gets a physical. <laughs> release. I don't argue with that at all. I I, I like, that's not a real movie. That's a Netflix movie. Of, you know? uh, a I don't mean original. that as a slight against the actual movie. Like it could be a great film but if it doesn't have a physical release then i'm just it's not a real movie i have to just get it out of my head that it's real because it could just be taken away from me it's a product in a couple really. of years yeah
0: yeah more than yeah. a piece of art work of art
2: yeah i think i think some i've heard some filmmakers and even writers kind of have like a lot of negative things to say about uh like like you said ken like they want their stuff to be preserved they want to be able to find it i was reading somewhere like you know there was like a tv show i forgot what tv show was they pulled it off of streaming service and one of the writers of that show was like well now i can't i like i would love to be able to share that more with people and have them find it and now they can't like this is something i worked on for x amount of years and put all this time into and now i can't really share that anymore it's gone and you know and then you know this is also important too for people who make stuff like this you know a lot of uh a lot of these sales, there was residuals and stuff that kind of came with like selling physical copies of movies. And there was incentive there. And that incentive kind of changed when, uh, you know, streaming became bigger and, uh, you know, physical media kind of went below that. And, yeah. you know, a lot, of, a lot of things that people worked hard on for a really long time, you know, they're not getting what they kind of deserve from it. Like put something, they put their, all their hard work into. And uh, I, I know personally, if I was a filmmaker or a writer or, and, and, this thing that I was super proud of, I no one could find it anymore. Uh That would be very disheartening and a little depressing that you know yeah. that I couldn't share that with everyone anymore. And like you said, yeah, I could sure. have a physical one of my own, but like you know, you want your you want to share your work with the masses and kind of have a collective and not with them.
1: I don't think writers and books. I, I don't think we ever have anything to worry about with books, to be honest, because they've kind of stood the test of time. Like Done they've been not. around forever. And the thing about books is like. To when you're experiencing a book, you're always holding it. Right. You know, with a movie, you put the disc in, and then unless you're just really into the quality and you can really pick out the differences, you could be watching it on streaming, you could be watching it on physically. It doesn't matter when you're actually watching the movie. When you're reading a book, like you feel the pages in your hand, you feel the cover, you're, you're turning the pages. It's a whole experience. That's why, right? I don't, that's why the e readers and all that stuff, people still use them, but they kind of, faded out, it feels like, and people are just full on back into owning books again. That's a funny
0: comparison. I remember for Christmas one year would have been probably early to mid 2010s. I don't know when the e-readers and Kindles and stuff took off, but my dad actually bought one for my mother and I. we're, We're both big, huge fans of literature, more so back in the day. My book reading has definitely taken a backseat to film watching, but we both said you know what dad we're not going to use this we like having the actual book so he returned yeah. it <laughs> so there's, some, there's <laughs> something
1: about it like we're we're physical beings like yes. so we like the, to touch stuff and feel the tangible items in our hands and experience that stuff and with books it's the whole experience so i don't feel like you can ever take that away now with a movie like it's really awesome to get the to hold my 4K of Conan the Barbarian in my hands, you know, <laughs> yeah. and take it. In. And there's a book in here as well. But when I take the disc out and put it in the player, that's where it ends. You know, sometimes I do hold the case though when I watch the movie. You know, I might yeah. be reading stuff on the back while I'm kind of checking out the the 4K. But Why most of the time, I put fire? the case on the floor and I'm watching the movie. I'm in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, but.
2: yeah. Do you, do you think a lot of this too is, uh, you know there's less people wanting to buy some of this stuff. Like we mentioned the pricing and stuff before. Like, is that it's also a, it can be a pretty, uh, you know, expensive hobby if you want to, uh, really. And especially
1: the way things are now with the economy and inflation, like people have to Mm -hmm. make tough choices. Like you, you have to be able to live, you have to be able to support your family, put food on food on the table, pay your rent. Like you can't afford to be spending all this, you know, money on, on physical media. I'm very fortunate that, You know, I think you said it as well. I get copies from studios and things like that. And I've got an entire channel where I talk about physical media and not get ad revenue and stuff from views. And I'm able to kind of supplement my collecting through that. But not everybody has that. I certainly haven't always had that. Like I was on a very strict budget, you know, back Mm. in the day. I've got all kinds of stuff now, but that's kind of because I've made my hobby kind of almost like a second job. (laughs) So, but I understand that everybody has that kind of budget to, to be able to, to do that kind of stuff. Um, So with less and less people buying and those people that are buying, not being able to afford everything that could definitely factor in because a lot of these companies, they're asking a lot right now for some of these (laughs) releases, you get good stuff. Some of them do very good work and it's, it's a fair price for what they're doing. But it is a premium product and it is expensive. And, you know, you yeah. might be able to only buy one or two when back in the day you could go to, to Walmart and buy like five new releases because they were 10 or $15 on Blu-ray.
2: Yeah. That's why my friends never understood. You brought up the whole blind buying thing before. I, my mm. friends have never gotten that. They're like, why would you waste money on something you haven't watched before? And yeah. I was like, you know, sometimes it is that whole like you're like, that's what I miss about going in the store and getting some of these things. Because it is about something that, uh you know, cover art might like catch your eye or something about it catches your eye. And you're like, hey, I might like it. Um, There is also that option in your mind. Like, hey, if I don't like it, I can return it. Or like, whatever. But I have never did that. I was like, yeah, you know what? I bought it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sticking with it, and most of the stuff I've, you know, done blind bias for it, I've enjoyed them for the most part. Like it's, I usually kind of know what my tastes are going to be like, so it's not really yeah. uh, a high risk kind of thing. But yeah, they never really understood, like, because I used to do it a lot. Like there would be like one uh, movie that came out that week that I saw in theaters, and like three other ones that I didn't. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna buy all of them. I don't know about <laughs> you guys,
1: but like my. I mean, we change as people throughout time. So like how you feel about a movie five years ago and how you're going to feel about it, you know, today could be completely different. So I keep movies that I didn't like very much on the shelf because maybe I'll watch it in 10 years and I'll love it, you know, because I'll have a different perspective. So I I always some people aren't like that. They're like, I hate it and I'm always going to hate it and I'll never watch it again. (laughs) And there are some movies that I never want to watch again like rise of skywalker i never want to watch again <laughs> I'm <with> uh, that. <laughs> right. but, yeah some but, are irredeemable um, for sure yeah. yeah and there's some horror movies i get from vinegar syndrome and and some of the other labels that i'm like that was just trash i'll probably <laughs> never put that in the player again um but i still keep it because it's got cool artwork on it and a nice mm-hmm. booklet so it's got that kind of value to it
2: it's good for the background imagery yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I went with my I went with my buddy to go get his new TV like two weeks ago. And we, oh wait, maybe it was like a week ago, and he was like looking around at Best Buy and this there was like nothing there anymore. So he was just, like, it's so weird that they're selling these like high-end TVs and home theater systems yeah. here, and, and I got there's, like, no movies to buy, and then, like, it was funny, the guy in the store kept, because they had, like, a uh, a football game on to kind of display what the TV would look like, and he was like, well, this looks great, but I would love to know what, like, a film looked like on this TV, and, mm. like, it's so weird that, like, they don't have stuff like this here anymore.
1: It sounds like, even like they're
2: selling all this stuff that you would need to...
1: Oh, well, why it? do you need a physical copy? We got Netflix on here, you can... You can right. <laughs> <The> smart TV. <laughs> oh...
0: I mean, I yes. have a smart TV and I love it, but like my TV is worthless to me without my yeah. Blu-ray player right underneath it.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm not against streaming at all. I, I'm subscribed to a lot of streaming services. I mean, for it's the only way you can watch some of these exclusive TV shows and, and movies yeah. and stuff. And it's also good for sampling stuff. Like Tubi is a great resource. Like almost all the boutique stuff that's coming out, like you can find that movie on Tubi. You know, I'll always suggest that people check it out on Tubi before they actually spend $60 on like a <laughs> premium boutique release of some obscure horror film from the 80s or 70s. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love streaming. You know, I, I watch a lot of stuff on stream. It's streaming. a love-hate that I have with streaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not, I don't want it to be the only thing, mm. but it's, it's as a part of you know getting more people into movies like it physical media and streaming could work together you know they could operate the more people we can get into loving movies and appreciating film the better so if streaming's that that avenue to get there for some people then i think it's a good thing um yeah but i i just think that you always need that that physical copy to to back up the actual film you know
2: yeah i agree
0: very
1: true
2: is there any uh for you know other than the the issue of ownership, is there anything that you could tell people when they're if they're to say like hey, like I don't need a physical copy of that, I can find it on a streaming service? Is there any other like technical kind of advantages to having a physical media copy over being able to watch it on uh streaming, whether it's like video quality, sound quality, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously anything. you're I mean, I don't I don't live in the best area for like streaming. I, I feel like most of the time my streaming looks pretty good, but there's a lot of times where it's like buffering and, and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So I'd say just from a quality perspective, like physical is always going to be better than streaming visually um, and audio wise as well. Um, the other advantage is if you want to dig deeper into the movies, you're not going to get the special features and behind the scenes mm. info and and all that kind of stuff on these movies that you watch but sometimes that's a hard sell people people don't care about that kind of stuff and i didn't used to care about it back in the day like when i was collecting dvds and stuff i've watched like some funny deleted scenes and outtakes but i wasn't into watching. i i didn't listen to a ton of audio commentaries back when they first started coming out so okay, i mean i get it but I, i'm super into it now because i'm into this stuff now and i've been watching all the special features for all these releases so
0: um i think one very underrated uh advantage to having a physical copy is you don't need an internet connection to watch that movie you are really mm-hmm. pretty much a slave to the network and if the, the like we leave the world behind taught us here recently it's funny how
2: <laughs> that movie really i didn't watch
1: that movie but everybody keeps talking about how it's uh pro message for physical media at the end yeah on
2: on netflix too which is kind of crazy they do (laughs) shout themselves out
0: because she's using a smart tv and there's a netflix button you can clearly see on the remote um I mean i'd let you make up your own mind i i didn't think very highly of the movie but i did oh, yeah. like you that gave it that... a
2: scathing little yeah i album.
0: did not care for <laughs> oh, it. That's, why, that's
1: why i didn't waste my time with it because i i didn't hear the best things about it yeah like, and i had uh, heard that too, it's like two I, and a half hours and i'm oh. I'm so sick of like every damn movie these days being two and a half hours or three hours and or, it didn't earn it
0: i feel yeah. i have no problem with a movie like oppenheimer or <laughs> of the flower moon yeah, I mean, we just time. watched
1: that the other day, Killers of the Flyer, yeah. Man, which I think, you know, it was necessary for that to be three and a half hours, but it was still, still long. long. And <laughs> yeah. me and my wife's going to watch a movie like that. Like, we got to break it up into two nights. Yeah. um yeah. But no, I, to your point, like, I've literally been sitting down here before when our internet's gone out watching a movie, and I hear everybody scuttling up there because they're all watching <laughs> Netflix and yeah. playing games, uh, Xbox Live, Fortnite, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah my wife's on her phone. Oh, we don't have internet. I'm just sitting down here. I'm like, yeah. I'm all good. Wouldn't... Yeah. I'm exactly. watching my physical four. you yeah, That's so. the best. Yeah.
2: So do you got, do you have your, like your own kind of like man cave for all like this, what your whole setup is set up in like, it's yeah,
1: pretty much. Setup. We, we finished my basement. That's pretty much what got me into YouTube as well, because I didn't, I didn't really have a space upstairs to shoot videos and things like that. We finished our basement back in 2019 and uh i asked if we could do my own room down here so that's what this is and this is for all my movies and (laughs) whatever else i want to shove in here um and then out there we have like a living room area that i usually watch the stuff on 4k tv and, and all that nice um i got a a pretty decent tv now but uh i definitely need to get some better upgrades for my, my sound and stuff. I've got a sound bar that kind of simulates that Atmos and 5.1 with a subwoofer, but I would love to get like the full legitimate setup someday.
0: You Um, have a surround sound, don't you?
2: Yeah, I do. Yeah. It's it's a blessing in the Chris. I mean, I love it. And then sometimes I'm watching stuff and like, like, I my brother's been here and he's like, What the hell were you like? It's like something just exploded in your room. I was like, I know that's the point. The thing about it is, like, I
1: watch so many movies at night while people are sleeping, so it's like mm-hmm. if I had yeah. the sound, like, I would rarely get to use it. Like, fair, I enough. would want to, like, I would have to wait till everybody left or something to be able to to use it. Um, but no, I got the I, I broke down and got like an OLED c2 model like a couple of years ago and it's a it's a great tv like i noticed such a big difference because i had like an 800 um i forget what brand my old tv was but it wasn't a great 4k tv and i was watching 4ks on it but when i switched tvs i was like about two or three years ago i was like holy crap like i've been missing out this whole time (laughs) so i've been appreciating my 4ks on a whole new level past couple of years
2: jackson what do you have like what's your setup Uh,
0: so i'm in an apartment so i don't have much for surround like a a sound but uh i got a nice i I have a 4k player i think my my now my dad treated me to this tv a few years ago i believe it's got it's a smart tv it's a samsung and i believe it has 4k uh abilities but to be honest like i haven't i'm still very much new in the 4k game still learning a lot about that medium so i don't have like great experience with it but i believe my blu-ray player is a 4k player but uh i'm just pretty much just rocking the tv which it's fantastic but definitely when i get my own place uh, eventually housing market notwithstanding uh that (laughs) will be a priority of mine is to have a nice man cave downstairs surround sound and make all Mm -hmm. the appropriate upgrades for sure but i mean i got to be conscious of people above below and beside me right now so and I I listen to mo- yeah. movies loud as it is. <laughs> yeah. like, turn yeah. it
2: down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, no one's had issue yet, but I could feel like
1: I could get carried away.
2: Yeah, it's where the su- the subwoofer could be an issue. That's the definitely. Thing, no, I like- feel like my sound bar
1: <laughs> and subwoofer can kick pretty good though. Sometimes because when I was watching Top Gun Maverick on it, like I had that thing cranked all the way up, nice. and it was just like reverberating my the walls in the basement, and yeah, it felt like, I felt it. But, uh, I remember the, I was just listening the, to it on the off the TV speakers before that. So mm.
2: yeah, I remember the worst was different. watching watching Tenet was an ordeal because oh, it was like the dialogue. See when is I watch so soft, yeah when I watched so that I didn't,
1: I, I didn't have it. So yeah that was um, that was just a mess of a movie anyway. Mm. Um, yeah I struggled to um, to get through that for sure. Sound wise I was like what did these
2: say? I listened oh, to a lot of movies on, with uh,
1: subtitles anyway, mm. but um see
2: i just, can't do that i get distracted by. It. i know jackson you've mentioned that before you're like oh subtitles would help like sometimes having them on or like yeah you know, all and, the and I, for me. and i can't do i get so distracted by the unless i'm watching like a foreign film and i have to like pay attention to them right yeah. but like i get so distracted well, by the being there and i'm like uh can't when
1: it's it. a foreign film yet yeah, you have to like concentrate on them. but what, when it's just a regular movie i just i, I like them down there just in case yep I feel like I might have missed something. There's lots that of keeps little me details. From, and I'm just, I'm getting older and it's just like my hearing's not <laughs> right, <laughs> I feel like um so if I listen to it without it's and especially at night when i'm trying to watch something i got turned down a little bit lower i just i don't want to miss anything because i'll be like oh did i miss something and i'll have to rewind it so mm. yeah, yeah. i keep them down there kind of as a safety net you know true i Fair. Will
0: use them religiously unless like i do have some dvds and stuff that don't have them as an option it's pretty rare but it really irks me when i don't have the options to have subtitles but for me even more than just picking up on missed dialogue i love like sometimes you'll have like a conversation that lacks some sort of pivotal context. Like for instance, if like two characters are discussing a book or something and you don't recognize like that title, but you can tell that they're talking about a book or a play because it's italicized. It's like, Oh, that helps you piece together a little bit more of the conversation. That's what I love about subtitles yeah. as well. But yeah, no, I know I struggled. Uh,
1: I was watching this foreign film today, finishing it, but it's called the facts of murder. It's an Italian crime thriller from like 1959 and it was a good movie but like the they the subtitles they were talking so fast they oh, were just yeah. like moving like super oh. quick unlike <laughs> anything i've ever seen before so i was like struggling to keep up with that i'm like oh, hold boy. on now i'm that would be challenging. I'm not that fast for a reader no like... <laughs> so i was I rewinded like a of rewinded time. a couple of they times. are fast oh, talkers it. yeah
2: yeah that's crazy um i wanted to ask you this because your collection is so vast and so just see if you can remember do you remember the first DVD or Blu ray that you I was gonna uh, ask you. yourself
1: the first DVD would have been when I was in high school and I, I want to say it was either Spider Man, uh, the first one with toby Maguire 2002 or Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, one of those two. I remember the first DVDs, the first DVDs we ever owned, I think was in 2000. And if I'm talking about just my family having them, I yeah. don't think I bought them. Mission to Mars.
3: Brian's oh, Palmer's yeah.
1: Mission to Mars and yeah, yeah. Mission Impossible Two, so two mission movies. <laughs>
3: two mission movies.
1: <laughs> those are the first DVDs I remember us owning, but the ones I actually bought myself would have been in 2002 when I first started working. It would have been like Signs, maybe, or The Rings, um, and uh, Spider Man. So I feel like it was one of those three.
0: That's funny because. <clears throat> so again, I have a there's a difference too. Like I had DVDs that I inherited that my parents just left flying around my house. But when I first started actually collecting, it was like grade 10 or grade 11 in that's what we in Canada. So I was a, a sophomore, I guess and uh, i remember going to a walmart in a different in a neighboring town and mom treated me to them but i was like just shopping around and i got a Re- resident evil 4 movie pack the first four and the lord of the rings yeah. trilogy those are the first two sets of movies and back then i was like i want to get as many movies as i can for as little money as possible so that's yeah. what in my mind i was like seven seven movies
3: you like it's a but, deal um,
0: <laughs> yeah and now
3: I
1: like i
0: still every time i my eyes go over them i'm like yep they they were there from the start with me and it's funny that lord of the rings is there for you too.
1: Now, when you started collecting DVDs, did you all full on just leave VHS behind or do you remember buying both at the same time? Because I do. I used to buy all my horror movies on VHS, like, because I love Friday the 13th Halloween movies. Like, I owned mm, all those yeah. on VHS. I and, love that uh, analog
0: look to VHS, if that's the yeah. right terminology. But I've VHS were never uh, a retail option by the time that I was. And I was, I was a huge
1: pro wrestling fan when I was a kid. So I was also buying a ton of uh, WWE (laughs) pay-per-views on VHS. I, uh,
2: I do remember going full stop buying VHSs after DVD came out. Um, But, and and I love, I love my mother to death, but (laughs) the reason I don't have VHS. Tapes anymore is they were put yeah, in our garage. They were put in our garage and like you know storage, but you know still like wanted them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my my mother notorious when she cleans house, sometimes she doesn't ask like, hey, do we still need this? So oh, she just threw man. them out. She just threw them out, and I was like, and I was like, why did you do that? She's like, you have DVDs now. Like, why <laughs> does it matter? Oh, my heart goes.
1: can uh, be gone for hundreds of dollars on eBay. I know. Right now. I'm telling <clears> you, the VHS that. market's really picked up.
2: She did that with my comic books too, man. It was like oh. they were in the gar- in the garage, and like, I
1: yeah. was never a comic book collector, but I can
0: sympathize with that. Yeah, sure. If my
2: mom if my mom thinks something is clutter, she will throw it out <laughs> for mm. sure. For sure. And then yeah, she feels bad. She feels bad now. I, I mean, you, all those years later, I'm like hey, that's where, like I'm sure she had
0: known the value to you. She she would have held on. Yeah, but
2: well, I, I think so my lucky my, e- my
1: my my parents. Oh, no, go, no, go ahead and finish
2: oh no i, I want to say my first dvd i remember getting was the matrix that was the one that okay I, I was gonna ask distinctly remember, yeah. uh, distinctly remember that one and I remember it looking so cool when i first popped it in like all that stuff looks so new and fresh for the first time you watch like a dvd and then of course you get yeah. into like blue that was funny i remember when hd dvd and blu-ray came out and there was like a competition i actually still have my hd dvd player and a few movies uh from it, even though it lost that battle between Blu ray, yeah. And, uh,
1: I waited that, I waited it out, and I never got HT DVD. But uh, once I figured out who was winning, I remember the first Blu ray I bought was either Tropic Thunder or Cloverfield. <laughs> I think okay. it was one of those nice. two. Nice, so it was nice. 2008. I bought my first Blu ray, and I know it had been out you know a couple of years before then, but yeah, I was nice. still buying DVDs. I was always like, I don't need that crap but i i used to play games like i was a big gamer like in the 2000s xbox 360 ps3 for some reason in my head i was like i need hd for my games but not for my
3: movies
0: (laughs) i took a while to move over to blu-rays too and i got to thank my buddy cameron for sort of like revealing the the value of them to me because to me back in the day even until like fairly recently last few years i didn't care to know the difference it was like oh i'm getting the physical copy that's what matters but i've come around yeah. and now it's especially I mean, then it, yeah. i was
1: like i was already five six hundred movies deep in a dvd i'm like Same. i'm not giving that, these uh, i'm not upgrading this come that's on that's right now.
2: that was the thing for me now i'm
1: doing well. it all the time yeah.
2: <laughs> it can't it can't be kind of jarring for some of them now when you're looking at like a dvd and you want, happen to have one on 4k and you watch it and you're just like jesus there's a or even blu-ray sometimes it's such a huge difference i can't i can Um, barely watch a dvd but i would never but i would i would never get rid of them though i mean i have friends who are like i've i've bought movies on blu-ray and 4k now where i've already had them on dvd no what i do now the same movie three times over
1: (laughs) because things have gotten so bad with the studios wanting to upgrade their movies or license them out i mean if i see a movie out of goodwill and i'm like does that have a blu-ray or any thrifting spot and it doesn't have a blu-ray i just buy it on dvd Because I don't know at this point if it's going to get upgraded or not. Yeah,
0: that's why I'll Um, still buy a DVD, too, if I'm not
2: sure.
1: Because I I would definitely rather have a physical copy of it than nothing.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I would rather that. I mean, I still have all my copies of Halloween on DVD. I think that's probably the movie I own the most copies of. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I have like five or six copies of Halloween. Yeah, I Uh, still got
1: most of Halloween's on VHS. Most of them are on DVD, Blu-ray and i got them all on 4k except for rob zombies halloween's <laughs> they you, haven't they haven't man? done 4ks of those they, have, they haven't oh, done them okay. and
2: i and i wonder yeah. and i wonder I get, if i would get I it <laughs> i kind of wonder if i would get it i would maybe get
1: i i, I would maybe get the first one. first one with a with a passion i saw <laughs> that like 2007 the in more? the theaters oh, oh, that's i appreciate bad. the second one more it's not a great <laughs> it's not a great movie either but there's at least He's not trampling all over the legacy of the okay. franchise with that movie. He's kind of doing his own thing, right? So I appreciate enough. it. And it's a pretty brutal, gory movie. I think the hospital scene in the beginning is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, but I I despise like the entire origin story of the yeah, first yeah, one. It just pissed of me it. off so yeah. bad. Like I remember I was fuming in the theaters, and yeah, it, the, it's uh, rare uh, that I a talks- movie can come out and act and make me less of a fan of a franchise. And that one, I feel like. There was the Halloween Phantomy before that movie, and then there's a the Halloween Phantomy now, and it's okay. not as passionate anymore.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't I've know t- why. I just, I've told Jackson feel- that's theatrical. Uh, experience yeah. seeing that, seeing that movie. Uh, I love ha- Halloween is like one of my favorite movies, and yeah, I exactly. remember seeing that, seeing that remake in theaters, and I was just so mad. Like I can't walked out of it so bad I appreciate a little things about it now, where I can like be entertained by it. I can't even be entertained by it I watched second. Actually, half, I
1: mean, it's a solid remake of the first movie in the second half, but I can't get past that. Bullshit right. in the beginning. It just in the beginning it, it I, kills me. And that second yeah. one, that second one
2: I hated myself. Michael time. It Myers. Like, I is a, it again. A, Getting yeah.
1: bullied and killing hamsters. Bullied. I'm like, it's, that's not Michael
2: Myers. Come <laughs> on
1: now. I try not to be precious about these characters, you know, and let the filmmakers do their own thing. It's their yeah Rob Zombie's vision, but come on, like you. That's the
0: thing. I'm kind of a Rob Zombie apologist, and so I watch it more. I for like more a lot than, of
1: his movies. Right. You know, I like House of Thousand Corpses Devil. and Devil's Rejects. Yeah. Oh, you, pick it, you got uh, yeah, a I, I love. I, I was love, reaching I love for this. Oh, here I got it right here. Actually, uh, they did this awesome like box set of House of a Thousand Corpses oh, this year. Oh, that this is like neat. spectacular. Yeah, I hope I got, they do Devils Rejects. Sin, this is a great movie. This I holds okay, up but, wonderfully. Yeah, I gotta rewatch. I gotta this. rewatch, I'm I'm re- re-watch it
2: again. I've been. I've been. i have i, 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 I it was like, "Hey, do you want a copy?" And I, I never turn anything down for free, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll take it." And it was, I, it actually came in the I mail. My had, was there, and he was like, "You don't even like this movie." I was like, "I might one day again. We'll see. I'll give it a shot." <laughs> I had
1: Hellbilly Deluxe in my CD Walkman player, oh, like nonstop when I was oh, in man. eighth grade. Like I, I was a huge Rob Zombie fan. I was excited when he got into making movies, so hmm. I was so excited to watch his Halloween, and I was just, uh, I was so let down. One of the most disappointing theatrical experiences of my life.
2: Yeah. That was kind yeah. of the dilemma uh, that I had when they had like, because, you know, they have like the Halloween movies that they re- release individually on 4K, and then with like, I know uh, H2O got like an individual release, uh, but they have that like Spielberg, box set that yeah. has like, yeah, they have that box set that has like the lesser ones. I was like, all right, okay, at the time I was like, I want H2O, I don't w- want. Oh, this I got version. it. Oh, I, but that was like, do I buy this even though I don't really want those other two? On it went down to like 4K. sixty
1: bucks recently. I um, did see
2: that. I just see that it was way too expensive at first. I was like, I don't I like, I, don't I like person Michael of Myers,
1: though. I like, I like, uh, and it's interesting because it has the producer's cut and the, uh, the theatrical cut in it, <laughs> both in 4K and i didn't realize like how different they are but it really is like you're watching two different movies totally
2: different movie i mean they're Perfect i mean it's not zone. like a great either one either one's not a great movie for me but like the no nah, they're not insane. going in my
1: top 5 of the franchise or yeah. nothing but like i yeah, i i, I like all those movies i even like resurrection because i i saw it in the theaters i saw it um, in theaters I, too when i, when I was mm-hmm. 16 or 17. <laughs> so i i think i it was like the first halloween movie i saw in the theaters i'm just nostalgic for it it's it's, it's dumb yeah. but it's yeah you know I was a yeah. kid and it's it's okay. That that 4K was probably the weakest they did though because it's all like found footage reality show yeah, style. So it didn't yeah. there wasn't really a lot to improve upon there.
2: But. Oh and I think I think you mentioned it earlier with a nightmare on Elm Street, but is there anything that you want to see uh come out on four K that you'd be kind of dying like we should have that in the four K edition?
1: Yeah, I mean I just did a couple of videos about that, it's like 10 movies I wanted to come to 4K and I could literally do a thousand of those videos. There's just there's just so much like, how do you keep track of what has I'm a, a 4K release and what doesn't? Um, I mean, at this point, I pretty much have just, a good gauge yeah, just for just I pretty much covered this stuff since 4K began. Like I feel okay. like I was doing at least like new release posts, and just from memory, I feel like I have a pretty good gauge That's on impressive. what has a 4K and what doesn't. And if if I ever am unsure, I just look on Blu-ray.com. And see oh, okay. if it does or not. When did 4K come and like when did that begin? Uh 2016. 2016.
2: 2016.
1: Oh, okay. Uh but to answer your question, besides Nightmare on Elm Streets, um, one off the top of my head that I want is uh Jim Carries the Mask on 4K. No, that'd be
2: actually kind of cool. Actually, <laughs> I, I think they have a look at It's a cool incredible. visual, It's would, a cool visuals, a nice yeah.
1: Box set of that. Yeah. Um but I mean, there's still so many like big movies that don't have 4Ks, like Lethal Weapon franchise doesn't have a 4K.
2: Oh, that's crazy. Um, wow
1: like those should have four K's um, Disney's just holding on to everything that we love that needs a four K like Armageddon. I would love a four K of Conair, all those <laughs> yeah. action movies from the nineties, broken arrow. Um, speaking of, you know, Shyamalan, you got uh, signs and six cents and, yeah, you know, they did unbreakable exactly. and stuff, but, and then the village doesn't even have a Blu-ray, you know, it's, I didn't it, realize it's that. Wow, stuck old, on man. DVD and I'm not even a big fan of the village. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. It at least deserves a Blu-ray. totally you know the happening has a freaking blu-ray oh my god the the village a blu-ray if the
2: happening can have one then the village can have one i think
1: all of his movies do except for uh except for the village Village. strange i know that
0: movie wasn't like popular of of his but i i've never like when i came around to watching the village i wasn't one of those people that like the the twist kind of worked for me i never really got uh the animosity for it so i'm surprised to, to that it doesn't even have a blu-ray i know it wasn't oh, well man. received but
2: you could feel that disdain in the theater man that fair <laughs> enough oh uh, he had I, I, didn't, I didn't
0: like it I didn't far know. inferior oh, films than the village for because sure. he was
2: on the he was on the roll i mean yeah okay it was a solid i, I, I wasn't I was there like, from Whoa. the beginning Sign, so. signs
1: <laughs> is legitimately like in my top 20 movies of all time i love that movie. it's really good love it
2: Yeah, fair enough. He has but people were even critical
1: of signs when it came out. Like the aliens are, they die from water. Like they come to a (laughs) planet covered in water, I'm like,
0: yeah, yeah. they didn't know where they were landing. I don't know. Sometimes you just can't be too analytical.
2: (laughs) Yeah, God, yeah, that twist in the village. I was like, that's but they work for you so yeah no (laughs) i I wanted
1: those i wanted those creatures sorry spoiler alert if you haven't seen the village but i wanted those creatures to be real i really because the trailer was so cool for that like it got you so yeah the trailer was amazing
0: um i agree i would have rather it be genuinely supernatural like i would have absolutely preferred it go that way but i i remember watching it the first time and being genuinely tricked and being like okay that is an original direction i wouldn't have seen coming so
1: yeah, I mean, he kind of became famous for that, just like subverting your expectations mm-hmm. and doing something different. So it makes sense that he, you know, did something like that. I, I haven't seen the village in a while, so maybe I need yeah, to go back and rewatch you're it. Right,
2: Jackson. It turns it turns twenty in July. Maybe we'll have to revisit it. For, maybe
1: that would be a fun little
0: uh, episode for us. Yeah. I think because I haven't, I, I like haven't watched, watched it in
2: a long time. Yeah, I
1: do too. Director, I, mean, I, think, I think he's I think got he more a, hits in yeah, my opinion than he does misses. Yeah, I agree. So. And I actually, I actually tight, like the though. movie "Lady in the Water." Like I, Ooh, one, I revisited it like a couple of years <laughs> ago, and it's it's not great, but it, there's some interesting stuff going on. You got Paul Giamatti in it; and he's good. And Is Sir Ronan
2: the <laughs> lead? Nah, the- uh, uh, no, it's Bryce it,
1: Dallas Howard. It's Howard, oh, yeah. okay.
2: Cause she yeah. had just she did the. no i show.
1: fell asleep in the theater watching it back in 2006 <laughs> or whatever it came out but i i enjoyed it when i rewatched a few years ago i was like there's some interesting stuff going on it's like a dark fantasy you know it's i think i'm thinking I of think, the lovely bones for saoirse rodan maybe that's what i was thinking of yeah you. i think jackson right. yeah that was her first movie i think or oh, okay. one of her first big movies
2: by the way he does have great trailers for his movies the happening has a really good trailer too it's <laughs> But the happening about is about just didn't li- didn't a glorious
1: still. disaster of a film that movie is so entertaining like for all the wrong reasons and it he is, didn't intend yeah. any of them but no it's i i yeah i remember watching that for the first time i was rolling the entire town so fun. love the concept of that movie. i remember the trailer so cool. i was a youngin when that came out i was only
0: 10 when the, seeing those trailers of the people jumping off the buildings and i was like Thanks. what is going on that i would actually powered.
1: consider the happening a hit. Of Shyamalan, <laughs> <laughs> but in,
0: it, not in the way that it was intended. Like at the clown in intended. Yeah, but you know,
1: I love Unbreakable and Split. And I was actually yeah. a fan of Glass. Some people rebelled like on Glass. Glass. I thought it was. I Glass thought it was good. I liked was, it. I was split on which, you know?
0: <laughs> which. I didn't even intend that, but I was 50. Um, I thought the his return with um the visit was a good strong Visit's awesome. Yeah, visit. Awesome. I love it. Was awesome.
1: Yeah. yeah. Old yeah. was. I was another old, actually, old was yet. like it reminded me of the happening it was just kind of like uh it didn't go for it as big as the happening but yeah. it was still goofy okay. as shit
2: i feel like you um, walk out of the happening you're like that wasn't a comedy <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> i thought it was a comedy i don't know that's the only yeah. way to enjoy it you have to like mystery science 3000 the happening and that's the only <laughs> way to like get any kind of like any kind of enjoyment out of it because you know you, you see it yeah, the first time you see it, It's you're the disappointed. Trade. It's the tree. Yeah, I know. I
0: was oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, boy.
2: Uh, all right, Jackson, do you have anything else you want to Yeah, definitely. I,
0: there's one one question I guess I want to leave on if you don't have any after me um, is I guess when looking at the future, Ken, of physical media, uh, let's call it just immediate future because to your credit earlier, we, we can't really look too far in and, and know where things are going. So immediate future, five, ten years are you feeling positive or negative about where things are headed? I know a lot of our earlier conversations seemed dismal and that is certainly what I'm taking away yeah. from this, but I want to know if you feel that way because you had a lot of good points.
1: Yeah. And you have to keep in mind, sometimes I can have a very cynical way at, at how I look at the world and I can be a little negative sometimes, but uh, I, I try to people. stay positive, but it's just hard to, and you <laughs> see all of the decisions that everybody's making and at a studio level and, it, it just feels like people are, you know, the, the companies and stuff like that, the, besides the boutique labels that actually care about film. It just feels like they're over physical media and they want it to die. So when it feels like the people that are in charge of all these movies want it to die, that's why it can feel a little mm. a little, um, you know, dismal as we head into the future. But I think the next five years are probably you're probably going to see some of the, the coolest releases from boutique labels that you've seen ever. You know, and there's going to be a lot of great stuff that comes out in the next five years. After that, it—I think you're going to see it wind down, probably in a pretty big way. Yeah, I think you're still going to radically. get some cool collector's editions and, and things like that, but it's—it's it's not going to be like—I I feel like right now we're in the what a lot of people are calling, not just me, but like the golden age of physical media for collectors you know no. obviously you go back to 2000s dvd was selling the most and and it was a it was a big market but for like collectors editions and steelbooks and and just so many releases like we're really getting like 50 or 60 releases every week but most people don't even know about them know about so it. if you look on blu-ray.com like I'm covering them every single week on my channel it's like Kino lorber's putting out like five titles a week and <laughs> warner archives doing stuff and all the studios are putting out stuff and you're seeing like it's like fifty or sixty titles some week. Some weeks come out holy. So like we're getting that. tons of movies coming out every single week uh, on physical media. Just you're not seeing them in the store. So we're in the golden age right now. We're riding the highs. Still a lot of stuff that should be being put out that's not. Um, but hopefully you know they see that the studio see that in the next couple of years and they start you know, licensing some more stuff out and we start seeing some of the stuff from Disney touchstone, Hollywood pictures, Fox stuff that we haven't seen yet. And, uh, they take advantage of it while it lasts. And, you know, after that, um, I don't know, because like I said, we're relying on the younger generation and I'm not so convinced at this point in time that the art form of film as we know it right now. And its popularity is even going to survive the next 50 years actual movies themselves <laughs> as an Ooh. art form. They'll still be around. I'm just saying not at the like super popular level they are now. Movies making billions of dollars at the theaters and things like that.
0: And I guess that so, yeah, theaters and stuff. I'm not even talking the death
1: of physical media anymore. I'm just talking about the death of movies at that point because I think about that as the younger generation that's not as concerned passionate. with new movies and passionate about new movies and films and rewatching stuff and Cause to me to to get to where we're at with our love for movies, you have to have that 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 um, foundation. You know, you have to build that love for film by watching movies over and over again, and being able to quote movies, and just having that deep love and and passion. And mm-hmm. I just don't see that in the younger generations that are moving up. And like I said, that that could be fine. I guess they'll move on to something else. You know. Doesn't sound fine to me. Video games, uh, that's virtual, that's virtual, maybe virtual reality narrative storytelling will take shape where they're actually just—that's a great point—living out second lives. I know there was a game called Second Life, but like, they're actually in virtual worlds, like like freaking Ready Player One or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and that's that kind of stuff on the horizon for, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. It's um, times are changing. They're always going to continue to change and. I don't think that physical media is gonna die anytime in the near near future, but it definitely won't last forever because a lot of stuff doesn't. So it's the sad truth. So get your physical man. copies while you can. Except for while books. You can. I, think, I think books are here to stay. They've they've <laughs> stood the test of time, they've been around for thousands of years. Books are fine. Maybe vinyl too. But I don't I'm inclined know. to agree. I don't know. It's sad.
0: Hopefully I'm My wrong. My heart's a little Maybe, heavy. Yeah. I hope you are. My heart's heavy. Uh, yeah. I, I, I,
1: I hope you are. <laughs> Every day when I think about it, I'm like, hopefully, you know, something happens and just movies become super popular again. And the kids want to start collecting and the studios wake up and they realize that they got to capture the younger generation to, to you know, keep themselves going. But it just it feels like everything's shrinking in the movie business. I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, it feels like we're getting like more stuff than we've ever gotten before. But at the same time, it feels like it's just getting so small, you know? Yeah. I think the studios are definitely in trouble the next 20, 30 years. You know, I could see the rise of like the independence and mm. movies. That's something I would like to see. But like I said, with the studios comes, the popular I think you, films and the ones that everybody's seeing the mainstream movies so if it's if we're just relegated to indie movies that's when movies themselves become niche
2: yeah i think you saw that a lot with the strikes too where people were wanting to like yeah. hey there was, lot, there was a lot of discussion about like well let's make these movies outside of the studio system let's let them yeah. have less control and there was that kind of like push to do that um but you're right there is a they the flip side of that is that it does become more niche if more independent movies become the norm but like everyone's going to one those.
1: studio and they're going to pump yeah. out billion dollar movies with AI and you if. can watch them inside the virtual world that all the kids are going to be hanging out mm. in and uh, <laughs> we'll all no. be in the real world making independent small movies for you know $500,000 or so uh, yeah
0: <laughs> if that I, I do think there's an argument to be made that our home theaters will be on our faces in the next five to ten years
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I bought my son an uh, an Oculus. Uh, oh yeah, I think it was like the Meta Quest Three or something for for Christmas. Uh, he's super into that okay. stuff. Like he had he had the Oculus before that, but he's always in that thing playing. Cool. So yeah. definitely
2: missed that. I back. don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes I'm me either. sick. But <laughs> oh, get it. but they love it. <laughs> mm.
1: But it, it, what so are we well. gonna do? I mean, look, I mean, movies. When did they start? Like when they start making movies, 19, I mean, the 1800s, I know they were doing motion pictures, but like actual like movies were 1910s, 20s, 30s, 40s. It went decades without having physical ownership of movies. People just had to go to the theater to see it. That's a great point. So if you think about it in that way, we only really got to own this stuff like in the 80s. You know, I know some people, there was some form of physical media in the 70s. I think people were telling me about, but. We just had this small window where we actually got to own all these great movies that we loved and, you know, movies existed for decades before that we didn't get to own them and maybe they'll exist decades after and we won't get to own them too. Maybe, you know what,
0: with, I think there is a huge potential for what the virtual market can unleash. And maybe we'll be able to walk into our own virtual library and pick out any title we want
3: yeah.
1: in a virtual world. Which yeah. That, cool. That's exactly what, what it'll be. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know if I like that. But <laughs> yeah, I we, re- we really will be living in the matrix, then If we're not yeah, already, yeah. you know. Yeah, we, who <laughs> knows? Maybe this <laughs> yeah, is my sure. virtual library.
2: I know it's not real. <clears throat> um, I don't know. It's wow. crazy.
1: I think about this stuff way too much. So I'm sorry. I no, I. I'll zero off about
2: craziness, but no, this it is all crosses. It, it, now, man. it crosses my mind a lot. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm glad that I can talk to you someone like Jackson a lot of, about it a lot because he also loves physical media and like it's important and but mm-hmm. yeah but but I kind of have to realize like even when I what I do for work when I'm I'll be excited for like a certain movie and a release and it seems like everyone else I know nobody is excited about it but then I but then I realize and that's why we that all get together in this virtual right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. and talk about it
1: nobody else shares our <laughs> right. passion in real life for
2: you know. it yeah so like you know the casual even though there's nothing I mean ca- I I would say that like jackson is a part of the past as more of a casual movie goer and watcher but he is even a little different from most people like that too where like he gets into it a bit more than someone Mm -hmm. that's just like oh i like i just want to watch something good in the moment and be done with it i think a lot of people that casually enjoy movies now um you're right they don't really there is not a lot of rewatch uh you know virtue for them they're kind of like it i saw it on the Friday, I don't need to see it again. There's no need for me to go buy it and watch it again. Yeah. And that is something that we certainly grew up with. But yeah, you're right. That, um, that I, got, I took my son really to
1: watch Infinity War in the theaters, you know, when he was like eight and it blew his mind, you know, and we had a great time and he just thought it was fantastic. He never wanted to rewatch it again, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> well, crazy. But, okay, you watch War at home? No, I'm good. Like, no, I got yeah. Fortnite and Roblox to play on the yeah. computer. So.
2: meanwhile when i was younger i was like playing i would watch the lost boys and then uh and then it would end and i would rewind it and watch it again <laughs> yeah, we, we wore how, that like, stuff <laughs> out
1: we got to where we knew those yeah the heart like nobody yeah. and i don't want i don't re-watch a lot of stuff now because i just have so many new things to watch i'm just into discovering right. new stuff but when i was a kid it was like that's all i had that's all i did because we had all the spare mm-hmm. time in the world but you know and that's all we had vhs dvds and That's right. It was on cable or the network. So, you know, it's there's definitely two minds. Physical media, it's I feel like people are are always arguing. People are super into physical media. They're like, physical media is here to stay. It's alive and well. There's nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. And there's people that are like, it's dying. It's dead. It's done. Move on. Stream all your stuff. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle of that. I feel like. Some days I feel like it could last forever and other days I feel like it's literally being ripped out of my hands and somebody's just going to come down here and grab it all and throw it into bags and put it at the end of my driveway
2: over it's my done. dead body. <laughs> Kicking and screaming. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, hopefully with like, you know, the stuff that you're doing and uh, YouTube pages like yours, like I know a lot of people do what you're doing as well. And there is, there seems to be a fan base in the market for it. People are so interested in learning about this stuff. So hopefully yep. that will be part of the reason that step stays alive. Cause there's still, I, I know I was very
1: down on the new it. generations coming in, but there are younger people getting into this stuff every day, like passionate, you know, film fans yeah. and stuff that think this stuff is cool. So there are younger people that are getting into this stuff. Just the so. last of them. That's all just yeah. less of them. Yeah. It's just not the uh, norm. It's not normal anymore. So yeah, for kids to do well, that.
2: Well, we'll still enjoy it then. Damn it. That's right. <laughs> we'll, 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 <laughs> we'll profit we'll up on. while we can. We'll hold on yeah. to it. Uh, We're not here we'll, for a long
1: time, though. We're here for a good time. That's right. So a good time. Enjoy it. <laughs> and then,
0: enjoy it.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: Speaking of good times, I had a great time in this conversation. This was a very enlightening episode. Like, I had my suspicions about the state of physical media before speaking with you, Ken, and and now I can no longer remain blissfully ignorant. Um, you open yeah. my eyes to a lot of things, and I don't know whether to thank you or condemn you in certain <laughs> ways. Like I'm feeling a little dismal, but I don't take out. everything
1: I say as 100% fact. The only thing I have to go on is just what I see and the trends that I see, and the people that subscribe to me that talk about it, and just all the chatter that I hear from everybody. I feel like I'm in the middle of all this stuff. You um,
0: certainly lend a great insight, and we appreciate what you've brought to the episode today.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I, pre- exactly. I appreciate y'all having me. Thank you so much for, for having me on. The no, podcast. I'm glad that you I, I always have a great time on. talking movies and physical media. So yeah. As, what's that's what all we have about. in
0: common. Well, if you ever yeah. like to do it again, just reach out, man. Absolutely.
2: Sure. If anything, you inspired me to buy more shelving uh, for, for yeah. my movies. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to like revamp I'm going to try to break room. into that
1: box right after <laughs> we get off of here. I need
2: it's to get my time. ass in gear. Yeah. Um, uh, well, thank you, Ken, for uh, joining us on this very special uh, episode of Back to the Blockbuster, uh, talking physical media and the state of physical media. Uh, we have been wanting to do this episode for a really long time, so we're very excited that you want to come on and be on with us to discuss it. Absolutely. Um as always if you guys want to hear more from our special guest we're going to be uh linking all of his uh stuff at the bottom of the description of this episode so his youtube channel uh which uh you know what? before uh, we sign up you can tell everyone where uh they can kind of find you uh well we're going to link it too but you know just to give you a little another shout out mention
1: yeah i'm, I'm mid level media on youtube and instagram and and twitter and I'm on TikTok as well. I'd like to get more active on there. I try, but uh, <laughs> I'm not really into the short form stuff as much. I, I try to do it, but I I feel like I fail miserably. Um, so yeah, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, or X, or whatever the hell it's called now. Those are my yeah, four main places that I'm most active on. Still calling it yeah. Twitter.
2: <laughs> You're all yeah. good.
1: Yeah, not on threads yet, but uh, you know that- maybe... That's maybe this gone. year or sometime <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feels like it died right. the same day Yeah, literally um, yeah, yeah i again appreciate y'all having me on and uh yeah i just i talk physical media all the time i try to keep this stuff alive
2: you know well thanks yep. for Much what you
1: like guys we all it love it time but uh, i'm trying hard
2: <laughs> well we were we are ha- were happy to contribute by having you be on here and talking about it and hopefully more people will listen and uh you know, try to keep this medium alive because we all are really passionate about it. And uh, we know that there is an audience for it. They just need to uh, know know where to get all this stuff still, know exactly what they're getting and not really feeling entirely dismal when they hear stores like Best Buy are going to stop selling stuff like this. There are other ways to get these movies. uh, Absolutely, yeah. Don't get me wrong.
1: You can find a lot of stuff online and there's a lot of great sites out there. You know that can import stuff from other countries that are doing incredible releases as well. Um, yeah, tons of places.
2: So we want to make sure that everyone knows that, and thank you for letting everyone know that as well. Uh, this has been episode. Was it one forty-seven? That's uh, right. <laughs> back That's to the right. blockbuster well, jesus christ we are cruising through these almost at 150 jesus christ yeah we're um, start talking about that here soon <laughs> know, we do i uh, thank, thank you guys for all uh, listening as always uh you can find us wherever you get your podcasts whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify good pods uh they are all very good but we need to shout out the playlist studio app because they are our playlist network and they are very, very good to us. And they have a collection of other really, really good shows on their platform. So if you also want to find us there, you can find us uh, in iOS store or the Google play store. If you happen to have one of those pesky Samsung Android phones and not an Apple iPhone, like the rest of us. Um, in addition to that, we have some more good stuff coming. We will soon be on YouTube so you can see our beautiful faces along with listening to us as well. Uh, and, uh, I guess next up for us we'll be uh counting down our top 10 movies of 2023. We keep pushing this episode back because we're just trying to still watch right. a couple things. Yeah, uh, I don't make
1: no list either. I'm trying to <laughs> yeah.
2: it's yeah. difficult. We're trying. I think we stalled, I think we stalled all some enough, extra time. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah. we are gonna finally do that and we'll also talk about some of our least favorite movies, but we won't make it too mean. I got a message about it, like making sure that it's not me when we talk about our least favorite movies. They won't be. Just don't say anything
1: about Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece. I'm tired yeah, I got of people a the I, got a I got an umbrella <laughs> edition down there.
2: Incredible oh, release. Uh, but yeah, we have a lot of great content coming to you. Uh, in the next few weeks and we're really excited about it but this is one of the one we are really uh excited for and proud of and we hope to do more of these episodes again in the future whether it be with ken here or anyone new so thank you guys for listening as always jackson ken thank you uh and we will see you next time yes take care everyone thanks
3: for tuning in